Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. To be back. Welcome to episode 167 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm your host, Michael McCall, and after being on hiatus for a, a few weeks, we thought we should resurrect the podcast to bring you a couple of end of season, end of year fun episodes. It's been a fairly quiet time in Whitecaps land, but things are starting to pick up now. So I thought I'd bring you an episode just to round up all the latest news and bring you some full and edited interviews that we we did just before the season ended. Some of the stuff you'll have read bits and pieces off on Goal.com, MLS Soccer, AFDN itself. But we thought we'd just bring you the full interviews just to add a little bit to, to some of the news that's come out. So as we said, things have started to get a little bit busier now. No new signings yet, but hold your breath. These will be coming, don't worry, don't panic yet. few departures to talk about. The biggest of which, and of course no real surprise, is the departure of captain, midfielder, Chilean playmaker and former talismanic player, Pedro Morales. Now, no real surprise that Pedro is moving on to pastures new. The last two seasons, not, I was going to say a bit of a wash out, it's a bit harsh, but not what we expected, not what we needed from our highest paid player. It's just a shame, like, Pedro was so beat up, the turf, all the injuries, he just couldn't resurrect that form that we saw in his first season here. That season that made him MLS Newcomer of the Year, He's probably had the the best ever MLS debut for a white cap. And if we ever get a better debut than that, then I look forward to that with, with like licking my lips with anticipation because Pedro came on 20 or so minutes, a goal, an assist, just showed the kind of player that the white caps had. And you were really excited for him. And just, it's a shame that he kind of ended his tenure not in that form. At least he did go out with a bang, a sending off in one game, and then a cracking goal in the win over Portland. So we've got those memories. We've got his famous bust-up with Usted towards the end of the season as well. He was a great player. You're just left with a feeling of what, what could have been. But we wish him well. Wherever he ends up, you'll always have a place in our hearts in Vancouver, Pedro. 
All the best to you, man. And Pedro is just one of several players uh, announced either as coming and going, as the Whitecaps made their options accepted and declined public today. Not a lot of surprises in there. We're going we're gonna to cover a lot of that uh, as the podcast goes on, so we won't cover that too much just now. What everyone is really waiting for is what players are the Whitecaps going to add to their squad? And there's a couple of names kind of popping up here and there at the moment. Nothing definite. And the, the first little interview that we're going to bring you is a, a chat we had with Robbo. Mostly myself, um, our good friend Harjit Jahal jumped in with a question as well. But this was a chat that I had with Robbo just towards the end of the season. And we had a, a chat about a few things which are still very relevant. And we never brought you this audio at the time. I used a, a few of the quotes and, and a few articles. But we talked about the, the need for difference makers, what he's looking for, where he's heading to this pre-season is the South American experiment over or does he still have hopes of adding Latino talent? And have they fitted in uh, as well as you would maybe have hoped or wanted this year? There definitely seemed to be a little bit of tension between the Spanish-speaking guys and the English-speaking guys. You could say that boiled over a little bit between David Usted and Pedro, but there was other things that going on there as well. But we, we talked about that, a little bit about Alfonso Davies as well. So let's hear now from head coach Carl Robinson. Bobby was on TV and radio, um, just saying the same thing that he said about a year ago, which is what a lot of folks said. It's like it's a year down the road, he's giving out the same messages. What would you say to the fans that's, that are saying that? It's like. That was what we heard a year ago about bringing in difference makers, bringing in guys that's going to score goals, and we never saw anything. Well, I don't like TV, so you won't see me on TV. <laughs> that's the first thing. No. Um, you know, we, we, we've got a lot of work to do in relation to trying to bring better players to this football club, and I know that. And, you know, in the next three weeks, three weeks or so, when the games, I will be already. Uh, on my travels looking at trying to bring in better players and you know that was the the, the chance that we tried to do last year and uh, we tried to bring in players from outside the league inside the league sometimes players are a little bit more expensive because they the value is higher based upon you know allocation money draft picks etc etc um, we do need difference makers in the team obviously that's that's pretty clear especially after this season um, and we need people obviously to step up their levels as well so you know, I, I don't think it's rocket science, um, but we need to go and find them. And my job is to try and go and find them. Um, players, whether it'll be South Central America, I'll go to Europe, I'll go to Portugal. So there's a number of stops I've got on my way, but we, we do need to add players. You know, if we want to be a progressive club and progress every year, um, you know, you have to deal with some adversity sometimes. And this year we've had some adversity. You know, the, the guys have, have worked as hard as they possibly can performance levels have been up and down um, but we know we're missing things and I think it was highlighted more this year than it probably was last year so we've got to be honest enough and admit it and we are um, but we've got to go and find them difference makers so that'll be a big focus The last couple of years you've been big on bringing a Latino talent yep. um, is that something you're still wanting to do or do you think you maybe need to move away from that because a lot of the guys just haven't clicked this year Yeah no that's something I've got to look at you know the guys who've come in of you know in the two three years of, of you know, done very, very well. Um, but sometimes when things don't work out, and obviously certain things haven't panned out this year, you have to be 
self-reflective enough and be honest enough and make changes and I will be making changes so you know where I will be trying to find my difference makers from is you know I, I can't guarantee one place or the other at the moment but I'm certainly looking all over Europe you know we're looking um, in, in other areas as well to see if we can get a, a decent deal because we we are working within certain parameters um, which is why obviously the Central South Americans have come into the equation over the first three years so uh, we just want good players I need players that can put the ball in the back of the net and players that can keep the ball out of the back of the net so um, but they cost money Bobby talked about getting difference makers to the team and that yep. obviously costs money do you think you need to pay more to get a difference maker to keep up with the Joneses in the league oh listen you know if, if you're going to try and compare us to Toronto's and Seattle's and New York FC's that spend no no we're not and I think that's that's fair to say but we want to bring in better players and you know the, the players that we get to work for or uh, I get to work with you know are a great bunch of lads and I won't fault them and I know sometimes you think I stick up for them too much based upon their performance and probably I do um, but it is what it is so we do know we need difference makers we've got to try and find certain different makers within the parameters that we're working and we will um, whether that satisfies everyone I'm not sure um, but it will satisfy my group because we've got some fantastic young talented players here um, that need guidance and that's why we talked about leaders and difference makers and you know I've said that from halfway in the se- halfway through the season when I just sensed that we were uh, we're not quite right in certain areas um, I had that feeling and you know I was proved correct so I need to uh, remedy that now going back to the Spanish speaking guys a couple of weeks ago yeah. everyone was coming off they were all yeah. speaking Spanish yeah uh, and then the English guys, it looked like they were left out. Right. A couple of them just kind of looked and shook yeah. their head and left. Yeah. Do you feel there is not that harmony this year between yeah, the two? Yeah, probably there, there might be. It's, you know, in any football club, you always have certain clicks that they do, and, you know, there's no difference. It's similar to what we had last year, but football's about winning. And if you're winning, you tend to brush under carpet certain things, you know. Certain players get on with certain players better than other players. You know, I don't think it's a language barrier or things like that I just think people tend to like other players better than other players and that's a reality they tend to probably like coaches other better than other coaches so I don't think it's a big thing um, you know is it something that will change yeah maybe you know I don't look at what language players speak when I bring them in I, I tend to look at what quality of players we have and what we can bring to the group that we already have and we've got some fantastic young talented English-speaking North American Canadian players, and we want to try and add to that. And you know, I don't think we've got it quite right this year, um, but we will get it right next year. I'm talking to those guys, Alphonse, yeah. the hypes just going through the roof now with all yep. the reports of scouts and stuff. You've tried to keep it under wraps. Yep. What, what do you do now for next season? Because it's just going to get worse. Just continue to keep them away from you. That's all I can. <laughs> Listen, the boy is 15 years of age. Yeah. It's you know, I know what I'm doing in relation to young players and and, and development of players and. People might think I, I, I'm overprotective of certain players and certain things at certain times, and you know, it, it's about it's about protecting the player. The player's got his whole career ahead of him. He's an exceptional young talent, but he's 15 years of age. So you know, let's do everything we can to make sure we help and nurture him, uh, and not try and. Um, have a negative effect on him because people will talk about him and rightly so um, but let him do his talking on the field at the moment because if you don't then he just becomes another one of a very talented number of players that don't fulfil the potential and that's what I want to try and avoid okay, thanks Carl okay mate cheers no see you later
So Robbo there talking about his plans for this off-season. He's already been on his trip down to South America. He's back up here just now, doing his punditry for TSN. Will anything productive come from that trip? You kind of have to think so. We'll try and find out a little bit more about that. We'll be having our annual sit-down chat with Robbo before the end of the year. So we'll bring you that soon. The players and the difference makers that Robo needs to bring in, I mean, it's very clear to everyone. They need the striker, they need the number 10. Both of those guys are going to be DPs. Spot cleared up now with Pedro Morales officially moving on. He needs to get a starting right back and a backup right back. And a few other little pieces here and there just to kind of strengthen the squad. I'd like to see a couple of strikers brought in. Eric Cartara was, in some ways, the biggest surprise today in the announcement of what options have been taken up and roster changes for 2017. It's, it's no surprise that Robo rates him and wants to keep him around. He's extended his contract with another two-year option at the end of it, and that's going to baffle a number of people. But he is cheap, and he does find the goals, but I want him as my fourth-choice striker. So depending on what's going to happen with Kuro, Blas Perez has obviously moved on as well. You are looking at bringing in at least one, maybe two strikers. Lot of rumours coming out of Honduras that Rommel Kyoto is going to come to Vancouver. The rumours about that, of course, before this season passed, after Olympia had come up here in 2015 for the Champions League games. Nothing came then, but really, really strong rumours coming out of Honduras that the deal is done and Kyoto will be announced quite soon. He won't, of course, be coming as the DP. So there's other names getting floated about. A few guys in the Mexican league that Robo might be looking at. Robo also mentioned there that he's going to be going to Portugal, other places in Europe. He's been down in Argentina and Brazil. And I have heard that there is a player in the Argentine league, a number 10, eager to come to MLS. Won't say what club he's with just now, but it's one of the big clubs. So it's curious to see whether that's one of the guys that Robo is looking at. There's also a player at Las Palmas in La Liga that is keen to come to MLS as well. So he's another guy that might be on Robo's radar. Naturally, folk are getting impatient, which is silly because it's, it's December. It's like there's no point announcing and signing these guys now. Lot of time to get these players signed. Most of the announcements will come in January. I think folk are just a little bit more impatient because you've got Toronto and Seattle playing the MLS Cup final on Saturday. Worst final for everyone, really. Have to admit, I'm not planning on watching it. I had originally planned to go out to a VMSL game on Saturday afternoon. Give me an excuse not to watch it. Reno's Tigers against Campo Atletico. Four o'clock kickoff at Trillium Park. With the snow, I'm not 100% sure that game's going to be on. But it is a horrendous MLS Cup. It's one of those ones, it's like, who do you want to win? Someone has to win. Who do you want to win? Do you want to cheer on the Canadian team that sets a really bad example for the league with the amount of money that they've spent? Or do you want to cheer on your Cascadian rivals who you'll just never hear the end of? And it's going to be even worse if Portland win it last year, Seattle win it this year. Either way, no matter which team wins it, the pressure is definitely going to be amped up on the Whitecaps to do something, to get in the playoffs and make a deep charge next year. Of course, no one at the club is going to admit that that puts added pressure on them. But really, I mean, it has to. And if they're saying it's not, it's ridiculous, because it definitely does. I'm a guy that I've never been for spending vast amounts of money just for the sake of it. 
but you do get what you pay for. There are diamonds in the rough, I'm not saying there isn't. Pedro Morales came here and showed what is possible, bringing in an unknown guy on the cheap in his first season. Didn't work out in seasons two and three, but a lot of that was due to his body being beat up with the turf and other things. But another season where the club doesn't spend and doesn't make the playoffs is just going to switch so many people off here. And it's a risky, risky strategy to have. I feel that some money is going to have to get spent. And I do feel that Seattle-Toronto winning the cup is going to turn the pressure up. Maybe not as much as some fans would want, but definitely going to turn the pressure up in the Whitecaps front office. And one of the players that the Whitecaps brought in last year, which was the hope to be a difference maker, was Costa Rican veteran midfielder Christian Bolaños. And Bola definitely made a difference in a number of areas. But at the same time, it was a, a frustrating season for Bola and we got a chance to catch up with him just before the end of the season. I'm going to play this for you in full now. You might have read a little bit of this on Goal.com. We just kind of chat about the Whitecaps' season past, what needs to be done to, to make the team stronger moving forward. And also a little bit of a chat just about his World Cup dreams with Costa Rica. So let's hear now from Christian Bolaños. First thing to ask you, Christian, it's been a, a tough season MLS-wise. Yeah. How do you view the season, first of all, for the team and then for you individually? Um, you know, like, as a team, we, we've been for ups and downs. and That makes uh, bad confidence, you know, in the, the last 10 games. Because uh, I think we're doing well in the the first half you know of the season but the last 10, 10 games I think it start with the losing the cup final you know with Toronto um, this game um, we draw I, I don't remember if we lose in the same team you know so we, we don't get confidence after after that and we tried we tried to fight but in football it's not easy when you don't get confidence and you only try to work hard, you know, and, and try to get the results. But um, I think we play some games very well, but we don't get uh, a good, you know, lucky and in that games. But in a lot of games, we don't deserve to to win because um, uh, we don't we don't do the the right job. So that's that's how it is. And so, but I think. Even if you go to the playoff and you don't go to to the final, it's a bad season. So uh, it doesn't matter if you go to to the playoff and you play one two games and you go out. It's the same thing. So for me, it's if you go to the playoff and you have to go straight to the last to the last game. So we have to learn about that about this year. Even if you go last year, they being in the playoff, then 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 the people can. Don't think that this team cannot make through, you know, to the next year. I think we we have to learn. We have a lot of young players, a lot of talented. Um, we we have to improve, you know, next year. 
but for me in the season individual, uh, I think it's well. I, I, I make some goals, um, I make a six, um, I play uh, many games, but um, you know, I am part of this team. If we, we lose, I am there. If when we win, I am there too. So. Uh, I think it's more as uh, as a team than individually because uh, if we know we can be more strong and play as a team, we can we can win the games more with more confidence. This is your first year in the league. A lot of players, when they come over, it takes them a little bit of adjustment, the travel, the different kind of pitches, everything like that. How have you found the league this year? Have you enjoyed it? You know, I, I I've been also in the national team and um, I enjoy all the time this league uh, like you say it's a lot of traveling I think that's hard hard work for us especially for Canadians team we have to 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 travel all the way the country and that take time to to take recovery and, and to be in a good shape so we have to prepare well all the time to take rest and to to eat well to rest so it's not easy for us but um, for me, I uh, I enjoy it all the time. Uh, you know, it's great guys, um, the staff is great people, um, the coaches. Uh, we're training very well, but that's happening in football. You you do all your best. You're trying to to training hard, but when you don't get results, everybody thinks everything is bad. But I think everything is not bad. I think it's it's only to be focused in the the small teams. You know, like I said before, we cannot lose the games um, when you have 10 seconds left. So this is more details. We have to learn about that. That football, that's part of, of, of the job. Um, and I think we can be better next year. And like looking into next year, I, I take it you definitely want to still be here next year? Um, you know, this league is, 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 is special. Um, they have some rules, but I have one more year contract. Um, that, that football here, I hope so I can, I can stay here. You know, um, um, I am very happy here. Uh, so you have to to see what's going on. Uh, looking at Costa Rica now, big World Cup qualifiers coming up. Really tough games. Obviously, mm. three, four teams can go through. Mm. What are you hoping for from these qualifiers for the team? Yeah, you know, like you say, it's very difficult to to win every game. So the key for us is to win all the games in in Costa Rica. You know, in home. That's we do in the last the last World Cup, the last qualification games. Um, when you play away, you just you have to go and play very smart. Um, it's very tough games when you play away. In home also, but you get, you know, the crowd, the fans, and you get more confidence. And so that's how it is. We start in November away against Trinidad Tobago. Uh, I think we have good good chances to, to win that game. Um, we have to play the second game against USA in Costa Rica. So it's a difficult game, but we're playing home, so they know already that they have really difficult and tough, tough game there. What would it mean to you to go and play another World Cup Finals with Costa Rica? Uh, for me, it means uh, a lot. I've been in two, so this is my last, my last time in the, in the national team. I take my friends, you know, my teammates and, and the coaches. Um, it's a great opportunity, you know, to... To, to say goodbye, you know, to the national team, to, to go through, to qualify to, to the World Cup in Russia. 
if I can be there, um, I'm so proud about my, my country again and my teammates. Uh, of course, it's my, it's my dream. That's great. Thank you so much and good luck. You're welcome. Thanks, Thank Paula. You. Christian Bolognese there and Bola's made a great start with his Costa Rican team in the World Cup qualifiers. Fantastic win over the States. Two wins so far, topping the group with six points. Looking good for Bola returning to the, the World Cup for a third time, as he mentioned there. It's a, his dream. It's basically what he's wanting before he hangs his boots up on the international level. He had a lot of stick this year. We've talked about it before in the podcast. A lot of guys... Don't like what he brings to the team defensively, but you cannot argue with what he brought to the team offensively. I mean, led the team in assists, second in goals, fantastic. Eight assists, five goals. It's what you want from your midfielder, more than defending, really. I know that MLS is a league where midfielders and strikers are having to defend a lot more than possibly a lot of the flair guys have to do in other leagues, but... To me, Bola was our player of the season. Looking forward to seeing what he can do next year with maybe a couple of strikers that can put the ball in the net and just a, a little bit of maybe some other people that's on the same wavelength as him. Players that, that can read the game and know where he's going to pass and know where he's going to run to. And I think we've still to see the best from Bola and he showed in those two games for Costa Rica just what an exciting player and a dangerous player and a productive player he can be despite his age as, as a veteran. And I think 2017, we're going to see the best of Bola. So Bolanius is one of the veterans in the team. Another veteran that was brought in in the summer, David Edgar. Canadian international, had a bit of a slow start coming to the Whitecaps in pre-season form after basically being in, in the off-season after a season on loan with Sheffield United. Took a few games to find his feet. Again, he's a player that the jury seems to be out on him with a, a number of fans. Does he give the Whitecaps what they need? Are the Whitecaps better with him in the lineup, without him in the lineup? Should he be partnering Kendall Waston as your starting centre back pairing? Should it be him and Tim Parker? Should it be Parker and Kendall Waston? A lot of questions around that, and definitely a battle on the cards in that position in, in the pre-season. Also add Christian Dean to the mix there, who's going to be back hungry and wanting to show the Whitecaps what he can offer them. Christian got his option picked up today, as did Cole Siler and Tim Parker. So we're going to have all five centre-backs back next year, pending trades, transfers, drafts. A lot can happen before first kick in March. But we're going to bring you a chat now with David Edgar. This is a, a chat myself and Josh Clipperton from Canadian Press had with Edgar in the last week of the season, just before the Portland Timbers game. So we chat about a few things, especially how he's settling into MLS and, and what his plans might be for the off-season. Something which, as a guy that's played all these years in England, having the winter off, not something he's used to. And we started by asking him just how has he found this season and just... Where has it all gone wrong for the Whitecaps? I just think uh, I think we've underachieved definitely since the, well, since the transfer window. Um, since I've been here, in terms of the quality we've got and and, and uh, 
on what we've we've missed out in the playoffs. We knew we were good enough to, to make the playoffs, and we just fell short of that. <laughs> what, you look, I mean, I know you haven't been in MLS for too long, but you see teams rebounds. Like Colorado was bottom of the table for two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Now they're top. How far, on the outside looking in, you might look at this team and think, wow, they're really far away. You know, they're you know second from bottom. Yeah. But how far is this team away? Do you think? No, it's it's marginal. I mean, there's uh, it's just little tweaks that things that didn't go our way and. Bit of bad luck here and there, bad performances, but we, I just, it's it's minimal, very minimal, and uh, I think uh, we're there thereabouts. And like you say, in, in, in this league, anything can happen. What, just a final one for me. What, what do you think is missing? I mean, I know you're not, you don't make the decisions, but what does this team need more bite? Is it? What do, what do you what do you think it? What do you think is lacking? Um, that's hard to put your finger on as well. I mean, it, it's it's. It's almost since I've been here, almost a confidence thing because results weren't going away. So in football, as in any sport, when things aren't going your way, it's, it feels like everything everything goes against you in, in terms of results and, and whatnot. But um, it's hard to put your finger on what's missing. It's just minimal things, like small things. You've been here five months now. How have you found the play? Considering for what you've been used to in the Premiership, it's different. It, it was uh, there was a bit of a transition, but. Um, it's a lot. It's very athletic here. Uh, boys, fast, strong, athletic boys. Um, uh, and compared to England, compared to what I've, I've been, I've been used to. But that's a transition. But the quality's there for everyone to see. I mean, in terms of individual, individual qualities, fantastic in the league. Now, some of the guys that when they come over from England, and obviously you came over, it was like off season there. Mm-hmm. Are you? What's your plans for the off season? Are you wanting to to like have a little loan deal or a train stint back in the UK to keep sharp? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's sat here with a week left of the season. It feels weird for me because I feel like I haven't I haven't had a full season, which technically I haven't because it was my off season in England. But uh, yeah, it's, it feels a bit strange. But I don't know. We'll, we'll have to sit down with the gaffer and. and Obviously, I've got an off-season program to to do, but uh, I don't know if anything comes up in England. We'll have to see. And I wear it for my lady, the Canadian flag, baby. So, David Edgar, there, like Belanius, I think we've still got to see the best of Edgar coming. He he's a guy. I think we'll be the captain next year with Morales moving on. It's a, a natural choice for me. He is a leader. He's vocal. He's a guy that, from from what we've been told, he, he's not afraid to to challenge folk in the locker room and to call players out. And that's what you need. And it's something which Morales just did not offer as a captain. Moving forward, the, the Whitecaps definitely need some older heads that just aren't afraid to, to stand up and be counted. And you've got him, you've got Usted, Jordan Harvey. There's guys there that can do it. But for me, depending on who comes in, Edgar should be the natural choice for captain next year. So from one Canadian player who is going to be around next year to another one that isn't. Fraser Aird, it was officially confirmed today, has moved on. But Fraser had already said his goodbye a few weeks ago on Twitter Flew back to Glasgow, has been training with the the Rangers team. Not made it back into the team yet. And I honestly don't think he is going to. But we had a chat with Fraser just in the the last week of the season. Obviously, this is a little bit out of date now because he has moved on. But I I just wanted wanted to play it for you in full. You probably read a little bit of it in the the piece I did on on goal.com around it. But this is the, the full unedited version 
And we're chatting to Fraser about his time in Vancouver, how he's found it. And just what was what was his thought processes as to whether he wanted to still be here or, or head back to Scotland. So we know now that he has headed back to Scotland, but this is him in his own words explaining just what he was thinking, what he needs to do in the future, and, and a few things around that. And it wasn't going to be a, an easy decision for him, but he, he's Rangers through and through. Rangers daft, as Robo described him to me, and he's back there now. So let's hear some of those thoughts now from Fraser Aird. Obviously you came here wanting to make an impression either here or, or for Rangers back home. How, how do you feel your season's gone? Um, up and down, to be honest. Um, I think... Um, I started the season, maybe first game wasn't the best. After that, I thought I picked up every single game I played. Uh, um, and then got a little injury. Um, manager obviously left me out the team for a few games. Tough to get back in. Um, and then ever since then, it's kind of been in and out. and haven't really had any consistency. Um, so it's been tough. When you're not playing every week, it's, it's tough, you know. When you're coming in games and getting dropped and coming in, it's tough, um, but I think I found that consistency at the start of the year, and I was obviously wanting to keep that up for the full year, but it's, it's tough, you know. You get little injuries, and um, the team change, the performances, it's it's tough. Um, but no, I've enjoyed it. Um, obviously, if the results went a little, little bit better and we were in the playoffs, I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more. Um, but no, it's been good, a good learning curve. I've got um, valuable minutes um, in my new position, um, which is good. That's what I came here for. Um, so hopefully I can take that um, experience and just build on it. I, I spoke to Robo and he was he was saying he really wants you here next year. Yeah. Um, but he knows that you're Rangers through and through, and you really want to go and try and, and show that you can you can break into the team there. Is that what you're thinking? Are you wanting to go back to Scotland? Uh, to be honest, I'm not too sure yet. I've not even made up my mind. Um, I need to sit down with my agent. I haven't even spoke to Robo. Um, I need to do that once the season finishes, but. That, at this moment in time, obviously, we just wanted to finish off the season. Um, we still have one more game to go. Massive game for us. Um, could decide their season and obviously still the Cascadian Cup to play for. Um, and it's a derby game. Every derby game is massive. Um, so once that's finished, then hopefully we can sit down and see what's happening. But um, going forward, I don't really know what's happening yet and can't give you a definite answer because I don't even know. If you went back to Scotland with Rangers, there's obviously not a guarantee that you'd be involved with the first team there. You've not been involved with the first team here. It's maybe hard for you to say you've not made a decision, but like if you were not going to be a starter in either team, would you look at maybe going somewhere else altogether? Um, that's, that's one thing that I need to discuss. Um, speak to my agent, speak to the managers, both managers, and see what the, the plan is for the future, you know? Um, it's easy talking about week in, week out, but you need to have a plan for the future. Um, I want to play. Obviously, got called into the national team. They want to see me play too, so um, whatever is the best option for me, um, hopefully they have that in consideration and then we can uh, go from there. That was actually the last thing I was going to ask you about that. It was like you were involved with the Canadian team there, which was weird because when you were playing, they didn't call you up, and then you're not playing, and then they called you up. For, for you, international-wise, you obviously need to be playing. Is that going to really build into the decision that you make, that you want to be somewhere where you can start for international play? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think everyone wants to play for the country. It's probably one of the greatest honours you can have in football is playing for your country. Um, I've had a taste of it. Obviously got another two caps away um, in the camp there. 
Um, so hopefully I can build on that. But as I said before, you need to be playing week in, week out, in my opinion, um, to play at the international level so you're ready when you get called upon. Um, so that will definitely have a big factor in uh, my decision going forward. That's great. So Fraser Aird there, no longer a lone ranger. It's going to be interesting though to see just how he does back in Glasgow. I mean, he's going to a club that he was out of favour with Mark Warburton when he came in to be the manager, was deemed surplus to requirements when Rangers were in the second tier of Scottish football. For me, he hasn't done enough to to merit being in favour in the Premiership now and... It's going to be tough. If he had come to, to Vancouver, played mostly every game, excelled, and then gone back there, I think he would have maybe had a chance of cracking into into the Rangers' first-team squad. It's going to be really difficult now for him. I think he will move on, possibly back, back out on loan to another Scottish club, maybe another Premiership club, League One side, St Mirren, Dundee United, Hibs maybe. One of the top teams in the division just below, but... It's going to be hard for him and he's got a lot of questions to kind of mull over as to exactly what he wants to do with his career now. But we'll follow him closely, we wish him all the best and see what happens for him in, in the future. Who knows, he might be back in Vancouver again one day. So with all the departures announced today, the Whitecaps still actually have 26 signed players on their roster for next season. And with all the players that are coming, going to be coming in, I think it's pretty fair to say that those 26 players are not going to be on the roster by the time first kick comes around in March. It's going to be a few trades to be had. Some players might get waived. Some players just might want to ask to get moved on and and sold or, or whatever. And amongst the guys that we're expecting to actually get an MLS contract from the USL team is goalkeeper Spencer Ritchie. So we're going to bring you a chat now with Spencer Ritchie. We talked to Spencer in the, the week before the Western Conference Finals, so the last week of the Whitecaps season. Myself and Mark Weber doing the, the chat here. We just talked about the season he's had and his hopes for the future and a lot more besides. So let's hear now from WFC goalkeeper Spencer Ritchie. Let's, let's kick things off. Like you've had a second season with the USL team, so things are looking really, really good, obviously, for the team just now. The, the turnaround that you've seen from year one to year two, how how would you sum that up? Um, inevitable. <laughs> um, I think that it's you know with your first season, um, you know everyone from the players to the coaches to the medical staff to you know even to the you know the guys in the front office are trying to figure out what works best and um, you know how to manage the the 
the change of players coming up and down in the schedule. I mean, we were making roster changes pretty close to the start of the year and obviously throughout it. So, uh, you know, I think it was inevitable that this year we were going to come out and uh, you know, have a more solid team, get off to a better start. Um, but I don't know if we had predicted we'd, you know, have this good of a year. Um, but that was our expectation and, and uh, we're happy to be where we're at. You have, obviously, you had your college career and you played PDL for a number of seasons as well. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest differences or how much of a difference have you noticed from those levels to the USL? Um, it's definitely a difference. Um, actually, the game that we just played against OKC was very much a college PDL style game from a perspective of the set pieces, the pack in the six yard box, the putting balls on top of a of a back line and and uh, kind of making it a physical gritty you know second balls type of game uh, which is where they get a lot of their goals so from that aspect it was um, you know experiences from PDL and playing big uh, you know the college game is um, much closer physically to the MLS and the USL than it is technically and and from a skill level so from the physical standpoint, I think that it helps you quite a lot. Um, I think the biggest adjustment that I've had to make is the the quality of player, and you know when you're shoot, taking shots against the Pedros and the Masatos, it's a much different um, you know technique and and skill level. Um, but the the physicality of the game is something that I think I've been pretty well prepared for from those uh, experiences. I was going to ask you, like you're training a lot with the first team, yet you've done that for a while now. So like being in with Eisted and like under Marius and all that, how have you seen your game develop in these? Two years. Yeah, it's massive. I mean, the more you can train with better players and better competition, you know, if uh, if you can embrace that and rise to that occasion, it's only going to make you better in the long run. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those. If you're the best player on your own team, then you probably should find a new team type of deal. Um, you know, I'm not saying that that was the case with me with USL, but. It, it's the reality. If you if you train with with good players day in and day out, it's going to make you better, and that's certainly the case with Dave. You know, he's been awesome with me. Um, you know, giving me tips and pointers along the way, and um, it's it's fun to be able to you know pick stuff um, out of his book and Paulo's, and you know even Ducci's. It's it's fun to train with good goalkeepers. You can take a page out of their book, add it to yours, and that'll uh, make you a better player for it. What about the CCL opportunities for you, Spencer? How much has that meant to you? And, and having success in that competition? Yeah, no, those are um, you know those are huge, massive games. Those are obviously games that uh, you know that have meaning. They're their first team games. You know, especially going down to KC, playing in that stadium is pretty incredible. Um, yeah, it's big. It's big for confidence. It's big for experiences. It definitely gives me. Uh, you know, a boost, uh, you know, I feel prepared and, and confident going into those games and then performing well and, and you know, getting a, a win down in Trinidad, a win in Kansas City um, definitely gives me even more confidence coming back onto the training field and, you know, it starts to become a snowball effect and that's when you start stringing together good performances. So um, those have been huge and, and hopefully there'll be more of those uh, in the near future. At college, you're used to like being, well, not I guess so much when you've been a senior and doing really well, but like being in and out of the team, guys, lots of guys get chances. At USL, where you've got yourself, you've got Marco, you've got Sean, like even Paolo coming down, how difficult is it for you to be in and out of the team like that? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's obviously each and every one of us would like to play every game of the entire season, you know, and uh, the other guys would say the same. Uh, that's not the current situation at hand, so it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's last year. I think we had more of a. We kind of did one game and rotate. And this year, uh, we kind of sat down and we. Well, what's, what's a way that you can get into more of a rhythm? Which is massive as a goalkeeper. So much of your position is 
uh, is the decision making aspect of it with um, you know it's become so much easier with those uh, string of games so this year we've kind of tried to do two three games in a row uh, at a time so you kind of get into a swing of thing that way you know if, you know, it works both ways. If you play well on one weekend, then the next weekend you got lots of confidence going into a game and it's coming up quick. Or if you play poorly in a weekend, instead of you know watching from the sideline for the next three weeks, you maybe got another game the next week. You got to redeem yourself. So, um, you know, it's not the most ideal, but at the end of the day, you got to you know make do with the situation at hand. So, growing up in Seattle, Spencer, I mean, was it? Uh, how much were the Sounders kind of a, a part of your uh, life, and, and was that a, was that a dream to, to play um, feeling for those guys? For... Actually, um, not as much. People ask me that quite often. Not as much as the Mariners and the Sonics and the Seahawks. The uh, MLS side wasn't around until I think two thousand seven, two thousand eight, um, which is actually the year that I moved from Seattle down to Florida for the under seventeen residency system for a few years. So I never actually. Um, you know, it wasn't one of my childhood sports teams. I was very much more uh, um, American football and basketball and baseball. Um, so maybe you know, it's it's uh, maybe that's why I ended up here. But it's, it was inevitable. But no, I uh, I didn't really grow up, grow up supporting them. Um, I didn't follow much in the you know the league they were in before the MLS. So um, it's not strange at all for you. No, no, it's not. Um, so obviously a big Seattle sports fan, but. Um, no real ties or childhood memories supporting the Sounders. So, yeah. What about that time in Florida for you? Was that a, a real uh, important? Oh, it, it, oh, it was. It was life changing. It truly was. It was an absolute grind uh, for two years. It's not the most. Uh, it looks glamorous, and we get to go on the awesome trips, and they're all paid for by Nike, and um, you know that aspect of it. Um, it, it was absolutely life changing. I remember, you know, a month before I got that call, it was my dream to play college soccer, and. And I get the call, and by the time I moved down there, there's already 20 letters from college teams, you know, getting in touch with me that never even seen me play before. Um, so that, you know, set me up well for university and um, gave me a ton of experience, you know, against international teams, played against Neymar and Coutinho in Brazil back in the day. Um, people didn't quite know who they were. So um, it was, I would totally do it again. Um, it was 100% worth it, but it was definitely a grind for those two years, so... I can ask you this now that Carol's not standing right behind you. What's your hopes then for next season? MLS contract with it, the way that you've played either here or somewhere else? Yeah, um, no, I, for sure. I mean, that's that's the goal, at, not just next year, at you know, at, at any given week for that matter, you know, trying to um, put myself into that category, kind of make it so, um, you know, I've played, you know, so well that it's, you know, that, that they don't really have a choice at that point. That's what you want to do. Um, but... You know, it's next year, and, uh, you know, we'll cross that bridge once the season ends. But for now, I'm um, just kind of focused on, you know, day in and day out training. And What, what, what would your focus be this offseason, you think, just to come into camp, uh, assuming you get a look at MLS training camp next year? Yeah, just, um, you know, definitely take uh, a bit of time off once the season ends. I think lots of guys, uh, myself including, are, you know, are carrying little niggles, little knocks. Um so definitely, you know, come in, take my time off. But, uh, you know, once, you know, a few, you know, three, four weeks has gone by, definitely staying sharp, staying fit. And, uh, you know, that's something, unfortunately, I maybe had an opportunity last year to earn an almost deal and um, had to do a little off-season hernia um, procedure that set me back a little. 
Um, so I was bummed I couldn't come in fully fit for, for opening day, but hopefully that'll, uh, that won't be the case this year. And, you know, I have no injury of that magnitude now, so um, there's no reason I shouldn't be healthy coming into uh, preseason. Growing up, did you, were there guys you modeled your game after? Who were the goalkeepers you were looking up to? Um, I was always a big Casillas fan. Um, I, I just admired his his reaction saves, his uh, his game changing, you know, his ability to to pick balls out, whether it's you know from distance or you know, especially his you know the amount of saves that he made within 12 yards is was remarkable when he was in his prime, and um, that's something that I you know watched as a kid growing up and um, even tried to model um, after myself. You have similar frames um, as well. So it's easy for me to, you know, try to model my game off a Neuer or a Joe Hart that's got quite a quite a few inches on me. Um, but uh, no, he was uh, someone from his uh, his shot stopping and his uh, reaction abilities was something I admired growing up. Has your family had a chance to come up and uh, watch you play a lot? Yeah, yeah, quite a lot. It's actually one of my dad's favorite cities before he got drafted up here, so he was pretty stoked. Uh, in a, in a couple, uh, <laughs> couple years ago, so um, no, it's awesome being only two and a half, three hours away. So uh, it's pretty fun when they get to come up, and I get a, you know, if we got a couple days off, it's fun to be able to go down there. So it's uh, it's a lucky, lucky situation. So Spencer Ritchie there, and with the news that came out today that Marco Carducci's option hasn't been taken up by the Whitecaps, but they have taken up the new option on Paolo Ternaghi, it looks like Spencer Ritchie is going to be the number three keeper on the MLS squad. A well-deserved reward there for Spencer after two excellent seasons with WFC2. He's shown in the two seasons here that he's definitely got the potential and the ability to play at the top level for the Whitecaps, done excellently in the Champions League games that he played this year. And he's going to be battling Paolo for that number two spot on the team. But also, he's got the benefit of still being able to play in the USL and getting those regular minutes, which of course Paolo Tornaghi hasn't been getting. And in a number of ways, I, I thought Paolo would move on. And there's still a chance that he might not be here by the time that next season starts. But with Spencer Ritchie, what you don't want from a young guy like Spencer is for him to sign that MLS contract and basically just be sitting on the bench behind David Oustead week after week after week, not getting minutes apart from the odd WFC2 game. Now he can get his MLS contract, still play regularly in the USL and take his opportunity when it does come along. So wish him all the best when that happens and have to say a little bit about Marco Carducci moving on. It is sad to see Marco go after all these years with the club. I mean, we, we've watched him, we've cheered him on from when he was like 14, 15, playing with the under-16s. Always been a pleasure to speak to Marco. We've had him on the podcast a number of different times. Check out those old episodes. Great to talk to. A quality keeper. And I, I like how Robo basically said that the door is being left open, that after he's got one or two years as a starting keeper, regular minutes under his belt, the door is open for Marco to come back and play for the Whitecaps again. We'd love to see it. We wish him well. He's a great lad. Definitely needs to be playing regularly. He's not going to get that here. Even if he, he stayed and was playing with WFC too, 
the best he can kind of hope for is every other week or every other game that he's going to be playing for the Whitecaps. Not ideal for a young guy that needs to play now, needs to develop. Hopefully he can get a, a good club and a move that he wants and we just wish Marco all the very best for the future. So that's it for this episode of the podcast. We're going to be back soon. Got a, a number of things lined up. As we mentioned earlier, we'll be having our sit-down chat with Robo, our annual end-of-season State of the Whitecaps chat with him. We're also going to have our Christmas special. And then moving into the new year, we've got a couple of exciting new projects coming up. There's something which we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now, but we, we've never been able to reveal yet. We've, we've got a, a big change coming to the podcast, so we will announce that very, very soon, I promise. Just been a, a few issues to sort out with that. And then there's another little project I'm working on, which is involving video. And we're, we're hoping to, to do a, a couple of fun things with, with some video, uh, get some stuff going on YouTube, and uh, I think you'll like it. It's going to be very unique and hopefully a lot of fun. So watch out for those announcements soon. In the meantime, I'm Michael McCall, and you can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff, AFTN, away from the numbers, on AFTN.ca. Also, the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com and Goal.com. And I'm also the Western Conference reporter for USLsoccer.com. So check out all my stuff on that from the season past and then what is to come. Hopefully you all survive the snow this, this coming weekend. Don't get too depressed watching the MLS Cup on Saturday. Kind of hard not to. And just look forward to some Whitecaps announcements down the line. Hopefully some new players coming. Everyone's just eager to get them. When we will see them, who knows? But they'll be coming. No point in rushing. Get it properly. Take your time. Get the right players. And make a push for 2017. So as always, thanks for listening. Take care. And until next time, Mon the Caps! Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.